The opinions expressed in this program reflect only those of the participants and are not necessarily those of the sponsors, management, or staff of WTBQ Radio or FST Broadcasting Corporation. WTBQ. Good morning. This is Jay Westerveld with Free Speech, Stephen Keeter's weekly show. And uh, in the studio with me today is your host, Stephen Keeter. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Jay. How are you, Stephen? Still alive. All is good. How's your week? <laughs> Busy, as always, uh, but, uh, you know, I'm enjoying the weather. It uh, seems like every day is, um, we get more sun, more warmth, um, and, you know, better than the previous one. So we're certainly heading towards the summer. It's, uh, it's that type of the season. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And it's getting to be grilling season, and, you know, not to make it uh, all about meat, but I'm really excited uh, for sparking up the grill uh, Memorial Day. Absolutely. We have uh, our sponsor, Sam's Meat Warehouse. Uh, we, uh, you know, just announced in the running tons and tons of specials. We can discuss that in length. There's some contest that people can join and uh, there's prizes to win. I think there's a couple of uh, categories for the uh, best picture, which is, uh, you know, everybody seems to enjoy and do the Facebook and selfies with the plates and uh, so forth. <laughs> I love the picture from last year of the little kid, I think shirtless, holding a, a tomahawk yeah, a steak. a big tomahawk steak. And that <laughs> actually has nice. been posted on our Facebook page. That's the last uh, year winner, uh, one Great of the picture. winners. And uh, we announced the same contest, uh, essentially, that uh, calling for the uh, best picture, best uh, recipe and execution. Uh, and the best you way, Stephen, you can't just have executions in this country. I'm sorry, man. It doesn't <laughs> well, the work execution that way. of the dish. Oh, uh, oh that, sorry. That's, that's because you can. It always helpful to start with a good piece of meat, but uh, it uh, unless you know what you're doing, unless you really uh, overcook or something, you know, it, it's that uh, thin line between perfection and uh, either a minute too early or a minute too late. Uh, on a grill so the recipe just as good as the i guess as the execution of it yeah and you so, you know you always politely say whenever i compliment uh especially the fleas uh i get from you you always say hey uh, you know it really goes to the chef and you know it's the quality of the fleas to me but you know you're, you're right i mean it's way too easy to mess one up and the easiest way to mess them up it's probably boring that i say this every week by overcooking undercook you can always like hit it again a little more if it's too uh red for you well, but if you overcook it's done man you're absolutely right and interesting that in uh we're talking about fillets uh, that is that would be a beef tenderloin or filet mignon and uh, that actually a steak or a muscle that uh, originally meant to be eaten raw so if you uh, thinly pound it, that's your uh, beef carpaccio. If you mm. chop it, that's your steak tartare. Both are meant to be enjoyed raw. And that's, in my opinion, is the best way to do it. It uh, gives you the very clean profile. You can search for a particular notes. You can actually, I can tell you whether, the, whether it's relation to the beef. I can tell you whether it was grass-fed corn finish. There's a lot I of things, uh, you know, you can almost taste it in the meat itself. It's like if you're talking about uh, Iberico uh, pig, you know, like yeah, Patanegra, sure. that uh, has been finished and fed uh, on those Iberico corns, which is sort of like a very sweet, like chestnut-like uh, flavor. You can, you can find those notes in an end product, in, in a Serrano ham. Uh, and uh, so it certainly... Reflects on the diet, the feeding regimen is uh, certainly reflective on the end product. 
So in the case of filet mignon, the easiest mistake is to overcook. This is why I think the recipe and execution is, is in <coughs> itself is a very good category. Uh, I think the last uh, third one is the the best way to enjoy it. And wh- the, what yeah. that suggests is whether it's your uh, kind of like peas and carrot uh, partner, whether it's a particular condiment that goes very well alongside a particular uh, steak or, or a product, or whether it's the way uh, like Frankburger, uh, our the most famous uh, burger that we currently in high demand, we can't make them fast enough. Um, I uh, found myself that the best way to actually have it is no more than with the two toppings. And I would say uh, ketchup should be considered one of them or any other condiment that you enjoy it with. And it's on top of the uh, particular bun. It's a brioche bun and it's certainly like it complements, it's holding up to it. It's uh, just like, you know, when you're having something rich, you want an equally rich um, drink that goes along with it that can stand up to a a very flavorful palate, uh, you know. So that's one of those things that... uh, and we're putting it out there so people can uh, suggest the best way to enjoy product that they uh, pick from Sam's Meat Warehouse. So if you buy something, if you enjoy it, let the rest of us know the proper way, the best way. We'll be voting on it. The winners of the those three categories have a chance to win $100 gift certificate to Sam's Meat Warehouse. So we're looking forward to those pictures pouring in, suggestions, and recipes, frankly. You know, you mentioned uh, Carpaccio. And that's about my favorite way to consume filet, especially, you know, ultra thin sliced, freshly smashed, not crushed, but smashed peppercorns and rock salt, just quickly touched into those. Man, there's nothing like that. If the filet is that good. And, um, you know, I'm going to have to try that with the bison filet too, at some point. You know, interesting enough, I had the the other day, I had a side-by-side comparison. As we all know, bison is very, very lean. So uh, I wanted to try the very lean grass-fed filet mignon alongside with the bison. And I have to tell you that it's unmistakably different. Sure. Uh, Bison uh, retains uh, sort of like a tenderness still. It's very palatable it's very tender while uh, the beef filet which is still it's still a filet mignon but uh, sort of like i consider grass-fed is an inferior grade if you compare to a corn-fed or corn-finished sure uh, beef it never reaches the grading that usda uh, usda reserved for uh, you know top two percent uh, of uh, nationally produced beef like usda prime so grass-fed beef almost never f- uh, reaches usda prime grade so when you compare I didn't Rest. know that. That's interesting in itself. It, it really is. It really is because it's it's uh, so lean and it, uh, those grading they uh, judge by the amount of uh, intramuscular marbling. Right. So it's all in a feed and it's all in a feeding right. regiment. Uh, like when uh, we talk about Wagyu a couple of programs ago, you would uh, know that they achieve the amount of marbling that uh, absolutely unparalleled. <clears throat> and it's not just genetics in itself. Genetics play a g- big role. It's, it's also the feeding regimen that uh, those farmers, they kept uh, as a big secret. They do not share. Everybody has this certain particular routine or secrets that they implement. And uh, that's the result of it. That's when we see this uh, really amazing marbling and a quality of beef that comes through it. You know, even... Um all the raising and things like that, notwithstanding, you know, typical uh, nature versus nurture argument, the difference between bison and beef is really marked. And as I said a couple shows ago, to me, bison and yak, um, and they are 
almost the same animal, really. Some people really um, just say that a yak is technically a, a more montane version of uh, Eurasian bison that's been, um, you know, it's a cultivar, a living cultivar. But anyway, the difference in flavor in the meat is really pronounced because the bison to me kind of has a, like a pecan sort of not gaminess but just this it doesn't have gaminess i, I no. was i was very surprised that because i was looking for those gaming notes and i couldn't even if searching for them you know i could not identify or find them right very clean you would think you certainly uh, wouldn't guess that you're eating a wild raised free grazing free roaming animal uh that tastes very much like beef it uh, has a similar uh, flavor profile it has a similar nutritional value uh, you know with a little bit higher protein content higher less, iron less too. fat yep. definitely higher iron but it's it's incredibly tender if it's properly done it yeah. really really is yeah and properly done can be raw so uh, with, the, with that said uh i think everybody who's listening is actually gonna uh, you know we've been long enough in the lockdown a lot of uh, people emerged from it with much better culinary skills than we went into that you know we had a whole chance to to uh, hone it on and you know uh, during when the all the restaurants uh, were closed and uh, i'm pretty sure the certain number of uh, uh, our inner chefs uh, you know the, the emerged from it and so please share your recipes please share your pictures please uh, let us know the best way you uh, utilize the piece of uh, meat or steak or you know and any kind of product that you bought from Sam's Meat Warehouse and get a chance to win uh, those uh, certificates that uh, you can spend at Sam's Meat Warehouse. So every winner in each category will get a $100 gift certificate from Sam's Meat Warehouse. So Stephen, I have to just clarify, do they share this on your Facebook page? Uh, yes, it is. Okay, it, it is fully on a, a Facebook page. A lot of people are tuning in. Uh, we uh, There's a couple of uh, specials that's running right now. Uh, I know I, uh, we've been discussing, we've been bringing you sort of like a market analysis a little bit and keeping you uh, posted with what's happening with the uh, commodity market. Uh, beef uh, is an, a, a commodity with the supply, with the demand and, and pricing. So the prices are unfortunately are, uh, on the rise. And in my prediction, the way I, I don't see them coming down anytime soon. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. I see that, uh, you know, it's it's essentially across the board. Yes, everything is uh, getting up. So statistically speaking, I think uh, uh, like, and, and it's everything. You, if you pull up to the gas station, you're going to see that the gas is up. If you uh, come to a lumber yard, you're going to see that uh, compared to a year ago, it's like three hundred forty percent. Yeah, with up. lumber, with lumber, it's it's really market. It's it's a much much higher transportation there. for whatever reason. I can't uh, point the or, or you know figure this one out. That is like another three hundred percent increase. The container usually uh, that uh, you know can be. Uh, shipped from europe uh used to be 33 37 maybe around the christmas forty five hundred dollars now cost 15 to sixteen thousand. wow so well you know a lot of people you know if you're talking about containers on ships that's a um a totally different market than um by air and you'd be surprised uh i've been in airports uh overseas and watched uh you know my favorite aircraft the airbus uh, uh a380 world's largest commercial aircraft when you watch them load these things before they actually even pull up to the gate to load uh, us folks they're filling them with cars with you know all, all uh beneath and uh 
most of the rev uh, for those flights actually comes from the cargo, not from the passengers. And, and that's a double decker, you know, two full length airplane, full fuselage has two, two levels of human carriage. And yet most of the revenue for, the, for each of those flights comes from the cargo beneath. So when you have fewer flights altogether, as far as people flying, it affects the cargo, uh, you know, on these aircraft, which then across the board affects the industry. And so you're gonna see it in the, uh, the overseas transport as well, I would think. It's, it's kind of strange. Now, speaking of food, and all those things and being here in uh, Warwick. Oh yes, uh, there's, uh, there's another I'm very excited to announce and uh, the, like I'm looking forward to it, another new show coming right here to WTBQ. It's gonna take a uh, spot on Thursday at 11 a.m. and it's gonna be called uh, uh, Food, Food for Thought, I Food think, for right? Thought. That's, you're absolutely correct, Food for Thought. And uh, I'm very uh, excited and proud to be part of it. And uh, I want to thank you for everybody uh, who is listening, who, for our supporters. Um, <coughs> you know, and everybody who's tuning in, everybody who's giving us a lift, giving us the seal of approval, people who participate and help in many different ways. Uh, my heart goes out to uh, uh, one of the biggest fans is uh, Miss uh, Field. Uh, thank you very much. I think it's uh, what, such a ripe... Miss Field? Yep. Oh, uh, in okay. such a ripe age still to be so involved in uh, local politics, in yeah. uh, local uh, everything that's happening in the village. So thank you very much. Thank you for your help. And I hope you continue to listen and support us and uh, stay healthy and happy. God bless. Excellent. So, so uh, we're going to have... Uh, a, there's a number of guests that has been already uh, kind of uh, panned and scheduled up. We're going to have a very interesting uh, guest this uh, kickoff uh, Thursday show. That's somebody who has been in Warwick for a very long time. And uh, somebody, it's a self-made guy that's uh, quite famous. We're not going to re relieve uh, anybody's identity, but uh, somebody who made a mark in the industry uh, his in uh, made a difference. Uh, this is something that we don't see very uh, often happening in a village. Uh, and uh, wait till we start dropping uh, the names of, uh, because uh, obviously, you know, that uh, person that's going to be a guest on the Thursday show uh, has uh, lived uh, through the industry, uh, through success uh, that he brought alongside with him and achieved, uh, you know, particular uh, you know, achievement in his life. So um, I'm looking uh, really forward to it and uh, seeing the new people coming on board and new people, uh, you know, coming and it's going to be uh, food for thought. Uh, it's obviously about Good food name. and not Great only. Name, actually. Yeah. It's about uh, things that's going to be happening in and about the village. But somehow food is going to be the center thing. I, I hope uh, after a quick word from Sam's, uh, uh, we, we hear more. Can, absolutely. Thank you. Sam's Meat Warehouse is a butcher with old-time family values. Remember back in the day when people knew their butcher by name and visiting them was a social experience? They would talk to customers about how to cook a piece of meat to perfection. Sam's combines old-world methods with modern techniques. Call your favorite butcher, Sam's, at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off 17A in Florida, New York 
for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. Hi, this is your favorite assemblyman, Carl Brabadek. And your state senator, Mike Martucci. And we are teaming up for the Friday Roundtable, where we'll be talking about what's happening in Albany. That's every Friday at 9 a.m. on on radio radio worth worth listening to. This is attorney Bob Kruhulik of the law firm Beatty & Kruhulik, the lawyer guy. Tune in every Tuesday at 12 noon for the latest legal advice and tips. We're taking calls and giving answers to all your legal questions. That's every Tuesday at 12 noon on Radio Worth Listening To. WTBQ. And we're back with Free Speech with Stephen Keeter. This is Jay Westerveld, a semi-permanent guest on this show. And before the quick word from Sam's and our other wonderful sponsors and the station's wonderful sponsors, we were talking a little about an exciting new show that's coming here to Radio Worth Listening To, uh, WTBQ. And Stephen, it sounds like you have some insight on that show. It sounds like you'll be a host of it. Yes, but uh, we don't want to relieve, uh, give all this uh, kind of like surprises out. I'd like people to tune in and listen. Uh, we we do have uh, the layout and direction of the show. It's all, uh, you know, it's not just material food that uh, people uh, uh, we sustain and live on, but uh, at the same time, uh, it's it's going to be a lot of stuff that. Uh, we're going to feature like we, we normally do even here. We're going to talk about history. We're going to talk about the uh, history of the food. We're going to talk about uh, something that I'm very comfortable talking in terms of, uh, you know, meats and uh, what's happening in industry. Uh, also, what's happening in a village, uh, bringing uh, local people, uh, bringing local uh, view on uh, what's I happening. I like it. I like it. You know, it's interesting because... I, you know, I was talking with Frank before the show, and he made a very salient point, Stephen. He said, you know, here at WTBQ and WGHT, of course, which has a very wide listening area, as you know, it goes through five boroughs of New York City, a uh, little part of Westchester, Putnam, certainly Rockland, and uh, eastern Pennsylvania, northern New Jersey, goes up into a few counties north of here in New York. People are actually interested in Warwick. And Frank made this point, Frank, father of the Frankberger. And uh, it's an interesting point in that, you know, the more people hear these shows, the more they realize what Warwick has to offer. And sometimes in the standard bread media um, of, let's say, uh, printed newspapers, and um, sadly, uh, Facebook, you know, people may get kind of a stunted or strained view of what this area really offers. And so I think it's nice that, you know, here at WTBQ um, at WGHT, of course, that uh, you'll be offering listeners a chance to learn more about what makes this town and village tick coming from the aspect initially of restaurants, food, and then other businesses and personalities. And that's, you know, when I was a little boy, Warwick and Goshen were both these towns and villages, and they both are, you know, towns with an eponymous village uh, within each of them that were known for restaurants really big grand houses where people went to eat and that all changed of course uh after the 1980s and you know this used to be the identity of this place people didn't even refer to restaurants by the name of the restaurant they referred to them by the name of the owner people who uh, because they continued probably from one uh, from father to son for generations sure. and uh, and even probably after the businesses changed hands even uh, very often that the uh, name stuck and that uh, this is why we like 
to bring that living histories, not ancient or whatever, but something that you can relate to, something that if you're a newcomer to Warwick, some of us came here 20 years, 10 years, so uh, there's a big influx of people moving in, even currently, even now. So I oh, think especially it, now, yeah. it is very, very important to preserve that identity, preserve that uh, knowledge of history, of local history specifically. And that's real-time knowledge. That's actually, you know, because what you get is a lot of carpet bagging here in the village where you have people who've just moved in a year or two ago. They suddenly have public office. They join the Historical Society and they speak to history from the point of view of the revolution and nothing thereafter because there's no there's not a lot of direct connection you're not going to meet anyone who actually fought in the american revolution you're not going to meet anyone whose father or mother you know had something to do with the american revolution directly so they speak to that because it's hard to disprove them it's kind of like if you're you know writing a, a thesis uh, for a phd and you just come up with a really obscure subject that it's really difficult for people to check you know, in peer review, they sort of say, okay, well, his, his language is good. He did research. Let's give it to him. This is what happens with historical societies. So what you're providing here is like a real-time uh, avenue to talk about maybe the past 200 years, right up to the present here in Warwick. And some of the things that make Warwick, you know, the largest town here in the County of Orange and definitely the uh, most moving and exciting um, municipality uh, within an hour of New York City, you're talking about its presence, its present as well, and its recent history and some of these people. When I was a little boy, there was a guy who came over from Austria for the Great Gorge Ski School uh, at the Great Gorge Resort back when that was a separate little resort, and they populated the a lot of it with Austrians who came in. And he started a restaurant here in Warwick, right where the motel presently is. It was, I think it was called Warwick Gardens. There are a lot of people who could call in and uh, certainly correct me on that. And if you're listening and you know what the restaurant was called, please do. And that was, I believe it was Bernard Olson. And he was a great ski instructor from Austria. He started this restaurant that did so well. Yeah, it was Warwick Gardens, I'm pretty sure. It did so well here. It was really exciting. You know, there were all these places. Uh, the Malises with the Iron Forge Inn. Uh, that, that was just such a special place. The Binswangers with the surf wood that I always bring up over in Belleville. I mean, the Binswangers, a lot of people just called it that as opposed to the surf wood. You know, and this is, a lot of this is lost and nobody is doing the, the heavy lifting of trying to preserve any of that. This is this is why I think it's very, very important because you see, you're lucky enough to, to remember and, know, and personally even know those people. And there's a lot of them still out there. There's a lot of uh, those, uh, so to speak, uh, world caliber people. And uh, our next guest on the very first uh, show of uh, Food for Thought is actually going to be one of those uh, people and uh, somebody who, uh, you know, man of uh, many talents, so to speak, and many achievements. So uh, just like, uh, like I consider myself a perfectionist, it's... Uh, more of a curse than than a blessing of course and yeah. uh, you know but that's what drives people to do things well and they do it if they you said uh, 
the guy that opened up a restaurant. He was a world uh, skier. Uh, Absolutely. You know, uh, he was probably equally good in a kitchen. He was probably equally personable in, uh, you know, uh, interacting guy. with the with the guests. So th- there's still uh, Warwick is still full of those people, and unfortunately, you know, uh, this is uh, those people they shy away. Uh, from uh, social media, and it seems like everybody is reaching out and, and depending on Facebook for for news and judgments, so to speak. That that's especially that second part, judgments. It's it's a tragedy, and it's a burgeoning tragedy. It's just growing uh, with every new post, and unfortunately, like I say, it's the sort of thing that's promulgated by these relatively recent our residents, people have only come here in the last five years or so who, for whatever reason, they left the last place and um, they decide, I'm, you know, I'm gonna start something new. Oh, there's an innocent little burg. Let me sort of, you know, try to run that place. And often what happens is, uh, as in, uh, I think it was Nelson Algren's book, um, Walk on the Wild Side, he talks about these people from Appalachia who uh, they're, they came over as indentured servants. They just didn't get along with anyone and they kept moving westward until they hit the California coast and ran out of land and they all lived there and, you know, bicker with one another. We don't want that to happen to Warwick. But unfortunately, if you look at social media, you'd think it already was that white trash bicker fest. And um, the beauty of your show is that you're going to chronicle the reality of it. And these people, you know, hopefully people like, say, Pepe uh, from 10 Railroad, I mean, there's a guy speaking of perfectionist. That guy was a culinary perfectionist, opened this beautiful restaurant right on Railroad Avenue, did a great job with it. These names are, you know, are forgotten by these, uh, this Erzatz uh, Historical Society, you know, and right. that's a tragedy. And this is why I think it's very important to preserve that uh, legacy, to preserve that uh, podium from which uh, this could be, the story could be told. Because normally that would fall onto the responsibility of a local historians or municipal leaders, uh, and uh, but very often they don't take advantage of the opportunities and uh, let the rest of the world know what a beautiful community of or, or people that live in it or uh, particular things that we have. Like that reminds me of the. Uh, I can draw analogy with the pulpit rock that everybody's, uh, nobody, it was such an obscure, uh, you know, hidden in a field uh, stone monolith that uh, got taken uh, over by uh, overgrowth and uh, weeds. And uh, nobody cared enough to bring it to attention, to bring it to the light, to share uh, with the world what a, what a wonderful, you know, heirloom we have uh, in our possession. Unless somebody uh, brings it up and start doing searches and start investing time and start investing money. So I think that's going to be a best uh, show ever uh, that's uh, related to Warwick's history, people that live here, the events that's happening. And, uh, you know, we, we're going to be uh, following up. Like I said, I know we have a very dedicated uh, audience, people who uh, tune in and very. listen. And uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to interact even more with them. And that's an, you know, this really wide ranging audience. I, I get messages from folks on social media who are teenagers who are excited about the show. And then there's even people like, uh, who was that, uh, Miss Field? Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's great. It, it, it's like I said, it's great to see somebody that involved, and uh, you know, that's staying active, and that's supportive. 
So thank you very much uh, once again. And But I hear that uh, very often. I hear that from different uh, people. I got stopped on the street. I got people approached me at uh, Sam's Meat Warehouse. Uh, very recently, I had somebody placing in particular order that we had to special order uh, for, for that couple. And uh, cool. a lady was ordering for her grandfather. And that's in itself... You know, uh, the gentleman was looking for something that's only was used to and only available for, sort of like from an old country uh, recipe. And, uh, and when I brought uh, the product in and helped them into the car, uh, you know, we, we, we exchanged a couple of words. And uh, the gentleman said, well, are you Steven? I said, oh, yes, I am. Uh, and he said, well, I know I will listen to the show and uh, that is great. So sometimes you, you, you hear the compliments, you hear the recognition of uh, the effort that you put in from a very different sources. Yeah, that's kind of nice. And that, you know, that's I like that the listenership of this specific show is obviously very, very wide. And I presume for your Thursday show, Thursday's at 11, Stephen? Thursday, 11 o'clock, 11 to 12. Uh, food for thought. Food for thought. Like I said, it's not just those material things that uh, sustain and feed us. That's going to be about food and uh, not only. Nice. So it's sort of like... Uh, Sort of like a, a philosophy show with uh, with some great food. It sounds like a lot of fun with some history and uh, chronicling, uh, you know, local people and yep. things. I like it. I like it. Does that start this coming Thursday? This, this starts this coming Thursday. We have already three shows ahead uh, scheduled up nice. and people are booked. Uh, we got a lot of interest uh, in it. So hopefully it's going to be, we're not going to be putting you to sleep, but rather keeping you entertained and on your toes. With everything that's uh, going to be happening, you tune in. You're going to uh, meet some very, very interesting guests. Uh, I love it. Instead of these self-manufactured pseudo personalities, you're actually going to have people who made their mark here and actually did something substantive here for this society, both here in this village, here in this town, and without. I mean, that's really nice. I, I think that's exciting. I'm, you know, I think. Uh, most listeners, most Warwickians in general agree with me when they um, vent their frustrations just about, again, these sort of newbie, self-manufactured, uh, you know, celebrities, pseudo-celebrities uh, who just, you know, sort of take over the airwaves and stuff. It's a little sad. So I'm really excited to hear who, who your first guest is going to be and actually your uh, whole roster for the upcoming show. Will Sam's be sponsoring that? Uh, yes, to, uh, we, uh, like I said, we, a community business, uh, the very first location was uh, Sam's Meat Warehouse yeah. that became an offspring of uh, Spring Street Market, so to speak. We were the very first market that uh, brought in local, organic, and we're still uh, building on that uh, success and legacy, but we can talk about it right after the break. Hi, this is Michael Newhart, Mayor of the Village of Warwick, inviting you to tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. to Village Life and learn about the village happenings. Call and share your ideas, comments, and suggestions, and be part of the show with me and Mary Kalora. WTBQ Weather! 
A rather cloudy day, but we're still on the warm side. Middle 80s, a bit muggy as well. A shower storm in the afternoon, greater chance in the evening, low to mid 80s. The evening shower storm tapers off before midnight, clearing skies overnight, low 60s. Sunday, sunshine mixing with clouds, still relatively humid, a brief shower and storm in the afternoon, mid-upper 80s, nearing 90, and then a few high clouds dry on Monday, upper 60s, near 70. From the WTBQ Weather Center, I'm WeatherWorks meteorologist Michael Prianti. And we are back with Free Speech. This is Jay Westerveld, uh, guest on Stephen Keeter's weekly show. And this show is quite a bit of fun because initially, you know, it, it seems like the genesis of this show was the Pulpit Rock Inn Project, which is a very exciting thing that... Uh, we're, I, me personally, I'm more excited than ever to see how it's moving along and how, uh, you know, we're getting closer to uh, putting a shovel in the ground there. I, you know, I don't like using those little cliches, um, putting a shovel in the ground, shovel ready. I remember during the village uh, elections a few months ago, uh, the elections in which you run, there were two different candidates who constantly repeated this horrific cliche uh, I'm ready to roll my sleeves up and hit the ground running oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> constantly. And I mean, at what point? I'm still people... waiting for that to happen, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah, I, I haven't seen non-stop. anything uh, happening, uh, frankly. There's uh, certainly, you know, there have been a couple of things that repeated over and over. Uh, some of them actually got picked up from other candidates. Uh, that uh, uh, sure. I, I mentioned that the uh, village or uh, board has to be run like any other business does. And, uh, you know, everybody seems to agree with that and then repeat it continuously that yes, because I really believe that's the only way to succeed in life. And uh, you have to consider the public funds as your own, essentially. And you have to be frugal in spending. You have to be very, uh, you know, calculating uh, where to spend, what's uh, how prioritize and build up the best team essentially of professionals to help you in order to do that. But but rolling up my sleeves and hitting the and ground hitting running, the, Stephen. I, I don't know which direction the fellow is uh, running and I don't see him moving too fast other than, like I said, pointing or maybe vouching for his uh, uh, significant other to be joined on the, on the other board. That's in right. The village. I remember that from last week. This is this is a, a really um, regrettable situation wherein a guy who just moved into town a, a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago, uh, got elected to a board, you know, on the platform of rolling up his sleeves and hitting the ground running, as also another candidate did, a lady who also didn't uh, make it in. Every every moment, I'm rolling up my sleeves, hitting the ground running. And uh, now we hear that with the historical society. But anyway, jumping back to this candidate who did uh, slip in. So his significant other immediately thereafter got appointed to a village board. Uh, correct. Yeah. So and, and like I said, we uh, we talked about it on the, on the last uh, show. We're probably going to continue to uh, talk about it on the uncommon ones uh, and maybe a new one as well. Oh, yeah. Um, and it just... Uh, it's said, and I pointed out that it doesn't matter whether which level, whether it's on a president, municipal, it's just plain wrong. It's, it's, uh, it's not professional, it's certainly not ethical, and it shouldn't be a prerequisite or, or qualification for, you know, it's, uh, there's, there's a word for, for it, whether it's favorism or problem. Oh, nepotism. Uh, yeah, nepotism and um, 
cronyism. Cronyism is when you're sort of appointing or helping to have a, a friend appointed. Nepotism is when it's a family member. And in both of these cases, because I think there are two cases on the in the village of in the recent way, that so it's four people, some, right? Four four officials uh, are you know are involved in this. There's two officials who are somehow maybe married, and another two where it's something along those lines. I have to say, though, Stephen, criticize them as you will. At least one of them promised to roll up his sleeves and hit that ground running. <laughs> so, you know, back off, my uh, man. Like, like I said, I'm holding my breath and uh, still uh, waiting for this uh, to happen. Uh, it would be nice, actually. Uh, and I know I asked the very same question uh, while running uh, for the board. And uh, strangely enough, I haven't heard any backfeed or anybody corrected me. Uh, when I said uh, and I asked for somebody to step forward and say, well, in, in this many years, in, in decades and decades of uh, maintaining the, the, the board position, it's essentially the same people. It's sort of like a merry-go-round, you know, like uh, it's the same people running it for, for decades at this point. As a community, what do we have to show for it, for, for their effort, for, uh, for their presence, for their job? What do we? What are we proud of? What can we show for it? And that's essentially, you know, that that comes to accountability. That comes to, I would like at the end of the day when I'm going to bed, I'd like to make a mental note to tick off things, and uh, you know, either I happy with myself or, or not so much for not being able to achieve particular things and not being able to, to uh, you know, do something uh, positive or something, you know, that I'm proud of or you know but it's got to be something you cannot just go through terms uh, through life uh, kind of sort of like flowing down the river with, with the flow autopilot yeah, you, you know, know yeah these cats sort of fly with their eyes in the cockpit instead of uh, looking out at the weather ahead ifr right and, and so so we, we we constantly i challenge myself and i would like to ch I challenge my kids i'd like to challenge uh, other people especially uh, those in charge of uh, tremendous budgets and uh, the way they spend the, the money as a taxpayer, so we, we all concern about it. So with, with that said, uh, I know that a couple of things uh, came back, and uh, PDR being one of them, but uh, as I pointed out, Village has no active farms, no land, and has absolutely nothing to do with it. I think the other one was the uh, playground of dreams, and that's another case that once again had nothing to do with the people running the village or with the village itself. So, because that's a volunteer's work and that's a grassroots uh, effort. Well, you know. it's a pseudo grassroots. Yeah, that's it, another story. Sure. But at the same time, uh, like I said, I'd like to see we all pay taxes. Right now is the season. I know that the next week, uh, you know, there's going to be, uh, and, uh, you know, everybody's probably flocking to Assessor's office and asking uh, particular questions. I think there's a grievance day coming up or the last day of you can uh, contest your uh, taxes. And uh, it's we understand it's a part of life. I'm I'm paying it just like everybody else. But I also would like to be able to show something for it, whether that being a garbage pickup, whether that's being a fixed uh, sidewalk, whether it's being a water that is not yellow. Well, to be fair, I mean the village now did take over mowing and maintaining uh, one property for the historical society. So the taxpayers are now paying for the uh, Baptist church in the middle of town to be mowed. Uh, that used to be that used to actually go out to a vendor to be paid by the historical society. 
a private non-governmental organization and now the taxpayers are footing the bill for that mowing. So at least that's happening. I hope the taxpayers are stoked that they're paying to uh, mow somebody's private property. Not really. I mean, I, I, because where do you draw the line? Uh, where does, because uh, the minute you start doing those uh, things that the line of people or organizations or those social clubs, if you will, they're going to be from here to, they to New York are. City. They already yeah. absolutely are. And, and that, that, that essentially lays uh, down as a burden for the taxpayers, uh, for the people who uh, had to foot that bill. Hey, you know, I'm the president of an historical society right next door, Sugarloaf Historical Society. Not only do we pay our property taxes, we could never even consider using public funding for anything, even though we're allowed to. To me, it's, it's just not right. If we're not doing the real work, why would, see, we, why would we ask the public to pay for it? But instead, you have these historical societies who glom a lot of public funding, a lot of it not even through a grant, uh, transparent grant process, such as this lawn mowing. And then you have these sort of crossover politician historical society board members who go on and on about again, rolling up their sleeves and hitting the ground running. And a lot of nice photo ops. Look, I'm cleaning an old cemetery. That's great for a photo op, but do something substantive. And as in real charity, maybe do it without just having all the newspapers there taking photos. Do some real work. And do something for, for people today that it matters. Let's not wait until we actually go all lay in, 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 in the graves so, so you can clean it up for the photo op. Do something real for something that matters today. See, what uh, you're pointing also out is that um, my and from what looks like yours views on, uh, on ethic and work ethic is very, very different from the ones that we very often encounter in, in a village and when we see uh, people being appointed by, uh, what is it, nepotism? Nepotism, sure. Yeah, sure. and uh, so it's uh, like that. I, I'm a strong believer into making things happen today. Uh, remembering the history, remembering something that uh, you can still, recent history, just like you, uh, half of the, uh, we had a program that I know everybody's uh, listening to. We have uh, almost two million uh, people uh, audience. And uh, within Warwick, and the sign is still there for Rainer's Market, and people were not able to answer that. Now, that is, that is a big, big uh, sort of uh, miss on, on the part of the, uh, not only just the local education, not only local history, but the, you know, even people who live there. It should be uh, celebrated, it should be known, it should be given credit, but very often those are overlooked. Just like the people that we're going to feature on upcoming show, that's going to be part of that are part of this community that silently do way more without uh, waiting for a medal or, or, or applause. You know, over the years, um, you know, having attended many funerals, uh, having made a lot of new friends, having lost people, uh, certainly, you know, throughout the '80s, uh, losing friends to HIV/AIDS losing friends to a lot of tragedies, actually to war, et cetera. We all lost friends in some horrific tragedies right here in New York City quite a few years ago. But we all lose people, we lose people to old age and all. The difference between human beings is there are the people who celebrate people when they're alive, maybe pick up the phone and call them, knock on the door, bring them something, you know, just BS a little, have a beer, you know, before they die, or the people who don't make that effort, but then they get all dressed up for the funeral and go there. To me, when you have an organization or a municipality that just does nothing but polishes old buildings and doesn't do anything to celebrate or help 
the present day businesses or the businesses who were recently there. It's a, it's an empty gesture. It's an act and it's reprehensible. No, absolutely. Uh, and uh, I cannot agree more. And, uh, you know, this is why I think it's going to be, and it's going to be a part of the new upcoming show when we're going to feature not, uh, uh, only it's it's uh, not just retor- restaurateurs, uh, not just uh, uh, you know residents of the uh, village community, but also uh, local businesses and uh, those uh, essentially um, you know problems that they, they face every day that they have to deal with, and uh, whether it's a support or lack of uh, such from uh, you know different uh, uh, venues that uh, we uh, normally rely on. That's yeah, that, and that's an interesting distinction, you know, the support or the lack of support. But, you know, d- despite all of our, uh, you know, uh, discussion here, I'm sure it's going to be a really positive show because you're going to be featuring those people who have made a substantive mark, who have uh, done the real work and are doing nice things to this day in many cases. Concrete examples, uh, like I said, I, I don't want to give away too much because uh, then uh, you know we, we're going to get this uh, speculating who's coming and what is. Uh, I'd like it to be a surprise, so we're going to uh, do a surprise uh, guest each and every week, and uh, maybe. Maybe few, and uh, see what uh, you know. But uh, I guarantee you, those people are, uh, the, we, we handpick and uh, work hard. And uh, this very first guest, I uh, we will uh, live busy lives. We don't have much time to socialize. I consider him a friend, and we just re- kind of re- rekindled when I stopped by and asking if he would like to to join and uh, kick off the new show. And uh, it, it it was great to to get. Uh, together once again and see what happened in in recent years and i can tell you even during um lockdown during the in in, in midst of COVID, that was uh, that person by his particular initiative that made a difference made the effect on the lives of so many uh, in in uh, warwick community great well I- we're gonna go into the break <laughs> Sam's Mead Warehouse has been supplying restaurants and shops with the highest quality local and sustainably sourced prime and choice wholesale meat, steaks, poultry, seafood, and much more for over 20 years. Whether you're a small family butcher shop or a busy steakhouse, expect A1 service and the finest products available. Call Sam's at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off Route 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. This is Lisa Morrison inviting you to tune in to a happy medium every Thursday at 12 noon to connect with loved ones who've passed or ask about your love life, job, family, or treasured lost items. Call in or text in right here on Radio Worth Listening To. Hi, this is Wild Baby Love. Start your Sunday with me at 6 a.m. and Gospel Tracks. I'll give you the phone number to the faith phone line and the address to the website. All that and much, much more right here on Gospel Tracks with yours truly, Wild Baby Love. WGHT Pompton Lakes, your community radio station since 1969. WTBQ, Warwick, Florida. 
And we're back with free speech. This is Jay Westerveld, as always, a uh, guest here on Stephen Keeter's weekly show. Well, one of the guests. I'm sort of the guest host sometimes. And uh, we were talking about uh, Stephen's upcoming show on Thursdays. I'm definitely going to be listening in. Um, and it's called Food for Thought. And even though the sort of uh, locus of it will be uh, foodie stuff and restaurants and things like that. It's also obviously going to spin into other local businesses, personalities, not just business personalities, but people of recent important Warwick history, present day history. And uh, it's gonna feature people of all different professions and walks of life and maybe even interior decorators. Steven? Uh, anybody, anybody who, like cool. I said, made made a mark, and uh, not because uh, just uh, you know uh, through relationship to uh, serving trustee on board, but uh, through their acts and deeds and the mark that they left on the community. Excellent. Now I really look forward to it. I'm definitely going to be tuning in. What I like is that here at WTBQ, uh, WGHT the wide breadth of different shows, different philosophies, different ideas, different um, just interests. It, it's truly not to make a plug for these guys, but I'm a fan. Everybody who listens to one show on this station starts to listen to all of them. Absolutely, very, very true. And when they say this, the, it's a WTBQ family, it's, it really indeed is. And uh, I learning every day uh, from Tom Loveless, who were writing uh, before us. And he's uh, great. so many, plans that uh, we already has been discussed, like among other features that uh, once the uh, Pulpit Rock uh, Inn is up and standing and running, it would be a great platform. And I think this is why it's so important to use those tools. It's, it's, it's just another tool in your toolbox to promote Warwick, to promote Warwick's history, Warwick's identity to feature local artists, to have those concerts, to have those jazz. Real local artists that aren't curated just by their cronyism or their connection to the beard or to some other public official. And that's kind of nice. No, absolutely. And this is why I think it, it's, it gives a great opportunity to, uh, you know, to, to talk local. And uh, I, I'm very proud to be part of it. I'm very proud to, for, for a chance to, like today. Uh, you're gonna have a show on uh, Monday. And once again, we uh, tune in uh, on Thursday. So if uh, you're not getting enough of it, uh, <laughs> you're going to have a chance. If you missed one, you can always give us a call and give your suggestions for not only subject of the show, but maybe suggest uh, a person that you would like to be uh, on a show, to be interviewed or uh, to hear from. Uh, will Food for Thought have uh, opportunities for people to call in and or um, contests like you sometimes have on Absolutely. this show? Absolutely, <laughs> because oh, it seems working well for, for the other shows. Yeah. It seems like uh, we have uh, people tuning in. And, uh, you know, I, I always amazed, uh, if you remember a couple of, uh, maybe uh, not the last, but the show before that, we were asking questions about local history and local uh, movie theaters. Uh, I got actually every time we have uh, the winner of such contest uh, stopped by uh, Sam's. Uh, I, I uh, lucky uh, if I'm around there, and if not, I always tell to, uh, for the guys to call me in the front if I'm in the back somewhere walking through the coolers and stuff like that. So I came up uh, to the front and I got introduced to, to the winner, uh, this wonderful uh, older lady that uh, knew the history, and we chatted. And she, you know, like that turns into almost like a history lesson. Because it's, uh, you know, I think it's duty of uh, anybody living in to, to know and understand 
And this is how where you gonna find the appreciation for the place that you live in. And I know with a lot of new people coming into Warwick, I think they would be absolutely ecstatic. I am to learn something new and have a, the, this platform that will share that kind of knowledge. And I think which currently right now is absent. I think the only history lessons are the ones that we are given essentially, uh, Jay, on your show on free speech. And we're trying to fill that void. And with the new upcoming show, once again, we're going to try to plug that vacuum and let you know what's happening in and about Village, what uh, the community is interested in and uh, living, uh, you know, the pulse of the community, so to speak. Yeah, truly the life of the Village. I think it will be really exciting. And, uh, you know, it's funny. You were mentioning how these people come in and they give you firsthand uh, discussions about local history. It reminds me, when you write a scientific paper, um, you, you have to cite journal um, publications and stuff, this or that peer-reviewed journal of scientific publication. The most exciting citations, though, aren't those. They're the ones called PERSCOMs. That's personal communication. I spoke to this or that biologist. I ran into this guy in the field. I spoke to this, um, let's say, geologist, and they said they saw this kind of bird sitting there. That's exciting stuff the stuff that falls between the cracks. And whereas an historic, well, certainly the village of war or rather town of Warwick historical society relies heavily, almost entirely upon ancient texts. When you talk to people who remember things like, as you said, Rainer's meat market or, um, got, uh, my buddy, Joe, his namesake, uncle Joe Fatino, um, butcher at, I think it was a grand union. Joe, you'd have to call in and let me uh, know, or I remember across the street too, but these people who remember these original businesses that were here and some of the original characters, those purse comms, those are the ones that make the difference. Those are the real life of any village or town. And I think that's what we need to hear and see more of and really develop and grow as a sensitive, intelligent people who don't rely upon social media just to deride one another and vent uh, frustrations that we may have from other things in our lives. There's just too much of that. And I love your approach to things. I love your positivity. I learn from your positivity and I'm so looking forward to being a listener of your Thursday show for once. Thank you, thank you very much. And uh, like I said, everybody who is listening, so please keep uh, joining us every Saturday at 11. Um, for for a chance to win, I know we didn't do any trivia today, but uh, the contest is on. And uh, please, uh, you know, uh, email or message uh, Sam's Meat Warehouse with your recipes, with your pictures, with your uh, suggestions how to enjoy the best uh, product out of Sam's Meat. And for a chance to win a $100 gift certificate there, uh, tune in uh, every Monday for uh, Trails and Tales with uh, Jay Westervelt. And very excited about a new show coming up on Thursday away in, uh, called uh, Food for Thought. And uh, I think we're going to be uh, bringing you very interesting guests and talking about the stuff that you normally, uh, that, you know, uh, discuss it with friends at home, um, you know, that normally you wouldn't uh, hear uh, from uh, or the trying to get the answers that uh, information that you would wonder what's happening with the village, what's coming, what's coming with this project, with that one. I think it's, it's a great opportunity to just, uh, you know, tell people uh, what's going on around and about the village. 
No, it's, it's going to be exciting. And I guess since you will chronicle restaurants as a part of it, it will it will keep things competitive and give people a chance to learn more about uh, various restaurants and who's running what specials, what's going on, you know, at this place or that place. Maybe for people to just call in and say, hey, it's soft shell season. Who's carrying them? You know, I think that can be a lot of fun. It's exciting. I, I think there's a couple of new restaurants already in the works. Uh, I think the former building of Chase Manhattan Bank. Uh, there's another one uh, coming in uh, to Spring Street, and uh, oh, oh, what's oh really, Stephen? What's coming into Spring Street? Well, I think uh, we will. Uh, <laughs> we discussed that that came up in uh, one of the recent programs. The Steakhouse is coming to Warwick. The uh, uh, we're going to wait for the gentleman to announce who is running the Chase Manhattan Bank. That's going to be very interesting. We have enough old uh, restaurants, really, some of them are really uh, excellent, that we would like to feature uh, on upcoming program. And like I said, and see what what's new is coming and uh, what maybe something is still missing. Like I know that uh, my idea was always to see the opportunity or the need and try to fill it in. So uh, just like with the Spring Street Market, there was a non-existent grocer. And uh, this is how out of that necessity, Spring Street Market was born. The steakhouse, uh, I don't know of any single uh, place, uh, Warwick and, uh, you know, even outside that uh, can call themselves a bona fide uh, steakhouse and feature a particular, you know, well, staples I, of it. Even if there are, because obviously if you go far outside, yeah, you're going to find steakhouses in the tri-state area. But steakhouses owned and run by a butcher? Not so many. Not so much <laughs> at all. Crickets. And yeah. that, I think, is going to be the wonderful differentiator for uh, the new place on Springs, Spring Street, for sure. And uh, so it, it's already out in the newspaper as well that uh, the, the place in the old... Uh, Chase building, uh, which before that was Bank of New York, my first account I opened there. And I believe, but you know, maybe somebody can call in next week and correct this. It may have been Warwick Savings Bank at one time. I may be dead wrong on that. Anyway, it's the namesake of Bank Street. That's going to be an upscale Greek restaurant, which is something that I really enjoy. Uh, Greek food, especially upscale, not just standard bread uh, Greek diner food, but uh, upscale Mediterranean food is just wonderful. What a nice compliment to have just one block away from the uh, new steakhouse that's going in on Spring Street. We're going to have choices. I'll no, absolutely. And, and this is what uh, we would like to see, the, this downtown like really, really uh, becoming vibrant. It, it, it is. And, uh, you know, it, it would be great to see and recognize the, those efforts that people are putting in, like John Christensen from yesterday, the guy who has been a, a feature in, uh, in the community that has been essentially uh, going out of his way to serve the first responders, to opening the doors, to, you know, feeding people at particular uh, events. Uh, and uh, that is by far more than a lot of those naysayers and people who question uh, or, or judge on social media can say about themselves, who never essentially do anything. Uh, it's so much easier to uh, trash somebody else's effort than uh, do anything uh, yourself. And this is what, unfortunately, we see a lot happening. Uh, in, in, in yeah, we do. Yeah, no, it's 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 incredible. I mean, it's a, it's a real epidemic locally uh, on social media, and it's not going to change anytime soon. That is the animal that that is, and um, the important thing is to not let it really sway your psyche, your thoughts, uh, you know, what you see, your vision, and just keep your eyes peeled and find uh, alternatives as well. 
And I think these radio shows, especially your upcoming uh, Food for Thought, will do just that. All right, so, uh, well, we just got a sign that uh, that's about uh, it for today. Uh, folks, please uh, join us next Saturday. We're always going to be here. And uh, don't forget that uh, to tune in for uh, Trails and Tales on Monday, 11 o'clock, and uh, absolutely brand new show, Food for Thoughts, on Thursday. 